It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to another Astros podcast. And welcome back. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks joined by the Director of Baseball Operations for the Astros, Brandon Taubman, subbing for Jeff Luno this Sunday. And uh, obviously never a good sign when you see one of your players come out of the game. George Springer coming out of the game yesterday. Uh, left hamstring discomfort is what we were told. But uh, sounds like he's he's going to be okay, fortunately, maybe not too serious. That's right. The postgame diagnostic was you know, pretty optimistic. He's day-to-day right now, and, you know, he wants to get back quickly, and we're excited to get him back in the next few days. It's kind of good timing as far as the off day tomorrow, and you probably, I mean, after 205 games, the streak for George is going to have to end sometime, but uh, to put back together, missing one game here with the off day, it's, it's, it's kind of convenient. That's right, and we're lucky that we have some pretty good outfield depth to fill in in the meantime with Ioki and Reddick and so on. Well, it's been relatively healthy for the Astros in the early going. Gustave goes down with forearm tightness. Uh, good options, though, with James White coming up. That's right. You know, Gustave is progressing well. He'll be back soon. And, uh, again, it's, uh, it's a matter of depth. We, we're lucky that we have a lot of it. And James Hoyt is an excellent option. It was kind of a shame that we didn't have the roster spot for him coming out of spring training. Yeah. And, you know, he deserved to be here. And, and in a way, um, you know, we're no worse off with, with Hoyt up here. He's a really good pitcher, and he showed it last night. Yep. And going into spring training, a lot of the concerns about the rotation had to do with Dallas Keuchel and Lance McCullers who are coming off of injuries, but both of them have been very good. They have a 2.08 ERA between them, seven quality starts in eight games. The rest of the rotation, however, an ERA north of five and only two quality starts from the other three starters. So obviously that's something that I'd imagine has to be a little bit of concern and want, want to see get better as the year progresses. Yeah, that's right. But we're, you know, we're in the early going here, and I think as a front office group, we feel really good about our rotation um, you know, Dallas is back to Cy Young form, it seems, and Lance is commanding a lot better this year. So when you combine his stuff with some commandability, you got a really good pitcher. Um, Morden is, is better than I think his stat line shows. You know, last night, kind of an, a lucky outing for him. Things unraveled a bit in the sixth, but he's really a great pitcher, and so is Musgrove. So I, I think we're good one through four, and then, you know, Fires is a real nice uh, number five pitcher kind of round out the rotation. So early going, but we feel really good about our rotation right now. Brandon, tell me what it was like when you guys saw that Nori Aoki was on waivers from the Seattle Mariners and what your thinking was. I know it was before you signed Reddick and Beltron and McCann and those guys, but when you had an opportunity to get him, what were you guys looking at specifically? It was really interesting. Uh, when, when Aoki hit the waiver bolt in, um, Jeff got an email from our pro scouting department, our advanced scouting department, our analytics department, and usually when you have various departments all interested in a guy that's a pretty good sign mm-hmm. um, the interest level was so high actually that we thought we had a very little chance of getting him just because of where we were in the waiver priority mm. and uh, we were kind of shocked when we placed the claim and actually got him because uh, he's a really good player and uh, he's been a good player for a long time and not only that but you know he had a minor league stint last year when he came back he was an even better player so i think it's a big credit to our advanced scouting guys to kind of pick up on some mechanical changes he made when he was down in AAA for seattle and you know, so far, so good. He's looked excellent for us in the early hey, going. He has. More with Astros Director of Baseball Operations, Brandon Taubman, right after this. Hey there, sports fans. To really enjoy your next ball game, you need peanuts, you need Cracker Jacks, and you need Uber. Hot dogs, peanuts! 
get your hot dogs. Oh, and hot dogs. But first, you need to get here, and that's where Uber comes in. It's your better way to the ballpark. Uber is ready whenever you are, so you never miss a single moment. Just tap a button, a car appears, and then in no time, you'll be going, going, gone. Welcome back, Robert Ford and Steve Sparks. Once again, joined by Brandon Taubman, Astros Director of Baseball Operations. And uh, got some good news as you were able to add to your minor league pitching depth as Mike Hoschild, Rule 5 pick from the Astros organization, picked by the Rangers, scuffling a bit in the big leagues with the Rangers. They wound up uh, designating him for assignment. He cleared waivers, and you guys were able to get him back in the organization since the Rangers realized they weren't going to be able to keep him in the big leagues all year. Obviously, uh, not so great for Hoschild because he's no longer in the big leagues, but it could work out for, for the Astros' benefit. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're real excited to have him back. Um, one of the bad parts about having a really deep farm system is sometimes you can't add everybody you want to the you know the 40 man, and that's kind of the situation we had with Haas this past offseason. Um, he's a good pitcher, so I think there's a decent chance he makes his way back on the 40 man with us, but you know, it worked out okay because he didn't have you know a, a great couple outings with uh, you know our, our state rivals, but uh, we're excited to get him back, and I think uh, you know. He's, he's a great pitcher. I mean, we're, we're blessed to get him back. love how you didn't say the Rangers by name there, by the way. <laughs> Brandon, uh, the minor league organization looked a couple days ago, and you guys had the best winning percentage of anybody in baseball. Uh, how important is it for you to win uh, at the minor league level? You want to set that tone uh, before they get to the big leagues? Yeah, I think, you know, if you get used to winning, you want it, you crave it, it kind of begets itself. But it's almost like the winning is a byproduct of the good development that's going on in our system. And I think that that's always number one and the, the winning kind of follows. So, um, you know, it's it's a credit to Jeff and the rest of his guys that we've kind of been able to find the balance between building a really good major league team and keeping the farm system intact. You kind of see the ebb and flow with, you know, minor league versus major league for a lot of organizations. and. Um, we're lucky that we rank as, uh, as one of the best in both departments. So that's a good place to be. Yep. Francis Martis had a rough outing yesterday at, at AAA Fresno, pitching against Salt Lake, gave up four runs in, in three innings, had a lot of run in his first two starts this year. A very impressive, eye-opening uh, stint in, in big league camp and spring training. What do you guys want to see from Martis to, to, to get him to the point where he takes that next step and he's really ready to contribute at the big league level? I think the strike throwing is a big thing. I mean, despite last night's rough outing, he's still a pitcher with a sub-3 ERA in a really tough hitter's league. Um, his stuff is ungodly. It's, it's you know, major league caliber stuff. And um, for him, you know, he has a rough outing where he gets a little over-rotational here and there and walks a few too many guys. But I think if we could help him stay more consistent with his mechanics and throw some more strikes, he's going to be, you know, a high-impact player when he gets here. Obviously a high pick and a, and a huge prospect for you guys is Kyle Tucker Preston's brother who was drafted in the first round a couple of years ago and he looks almost mature beyond his years right now and he's and he's played well at every level what do you guys see how hard do you want to push a young guy I think it's going to be huge for us and you know we got to be careful with a guy like Kyle Tucker not to push him too aggressively but he's going to earn his way up quickly and uh, you know it's interesting since I got here we've had a top prospect mature to the major league level almost each and every year we had you know Springer then Correa then Bregman uh, we had a good wave of prospects last year, guys like Chris, Kavins uh, Chris Davinsky are high impact. And I think Kyle Tucker is going to be that next guy that comes up here and is immediately good. And, you know, he's probably a year and a half, two years away. But when he gets here, I think as a front office group, we're confident that he's going to be high impact and help us win some games. 
Well, Brandon Taubman, Astros Director of Baseball Operations, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a question for the booth? Email your comments to radio at astros.com. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks fielding your baseball questions. Radio at astros.com. So anyway, this all started. I saw a tweet from Joe Davis. He's the uh, television broadcaster for the L.A. Dodgers. He has the unenviable task of following Vince Scully uh. in the Dodgers broadcast booth. But anyway, he tweeted that on this day. In 1890, the Brooklyn Dodgers played their first ever game as a National League club. And he mentioned in the tweet that the Dodgers manager was a guy by the name of Gunnar McGunigal. Corner infielders creep in. The pitch to Aoki. It's a breaking ball. There's a strike on the inside corner. So I see a name like Gunnar McGunigal. I'm immediately intrigued. Say it again. Gunnar McGunigal. Wow. His given first name was William. (laughs) But he wound up with Gunnar somehow. I'd go Bill. Gunnar McGonigal, who was a pitcher before he became a manager for the Brooklyn National League Club in 1890, the 0-1 breaking ball in there for a strike. So, you know, Society for American Baseball Research, Sabre, they do a great job. They have a lot of these bios on their website of, of players from years past, and it's not always like Hall of Famers. Sometimes they'll be somewhat bit players or marginal players, sometimes yeah. guys from early in the or baseball's early days. Yeah, pretty random. Turn towards second, and Back in standing is Bregman. And they had a bio on Gunnar McGonagall. Mm. And let me just tell you the first paragraph of this bio. Okay. About William Gunnar McGonagall. We'll get to it here in a moment. Bregman off second. Aoki the batter. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Got him on a breaking ball down and in. So how about this? Nori Aoki. He had struck out one time in ten games this season. And Ramirez has struck him out twice tonight. Nine punch outs now for Ramirez. I'm looking at the pitch count, hoping he's out of here. 67 pitches for Ramirez in his second big league start. For for nine strikeouts, which is a career high for him, that's a pretty low total as far as pitches. He threw 75 pitches in his first start on Friday in Kansas City. So let's hear this on Gunner. All right. Yuli Gurriel struck out his first time. Pitch on the way. That's a breaking ball. It's in there for a strike. So first paragraph for this bio on Sabre about Gunner McGonagall. William Gunnar McGonagall had a flair for fashion on a baseball field that likely will never be matched. Sounds like me. <laughs> McGonagall managed and coached the bases wearing black patent leather shoes. That's me. A cutaway suit coat. Not me. Lavender trousers. That's me. A silk tie and a derby hat. I would never wear a derby. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's where you draw the line. I will not wear a derby. Oh, there's a more. Tam? Yes. <laughs> Throw down to second, and back in safely is Bregman. Is it was fielded by Espinosa, who wasn't even on the base. He had to make sure that didn't go in the center field. Now, where did Gunner wear this stuff? Is out and about. He wore this coaching on on the field. Oh, like when Connie he managed Mack? and coached, like Connie Mack. Yeah, back in the day when managers, some managers would would not wear uniforms. They would actually dress up. Some managers shouldn't be wearing unis. <laughs> Oh, one is a breaking ball outside. So, yeah, let me repeat this ensemble again. Phil Garner. <laughs> Black patent leather shoes, cutaway suit coat, lavender trousers, a silk tie, and a derby hat. That's what Gunnar McGonagall managed in. And there's a quote here from McGonagall, which we'll get to here in a, in a minute. As Guriel facing a 1-1 count from J.C. Ramirez. I hope the, co- the quote has something to do like, good evening, governor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's even better. Even better. Outfield shaded the other way against Yuli. 1-1 game. Pitch on the way. It's low and away. Backhanded by Maldonado. So 
Gunnar McGunigal apparently said, it's only a good-looking man like yours truly who would who could wear patent leathers on go. the field and get away with it without getting shot at. <laughs> That's apparently what Gunnar McGunigal said to a reporter when asked about his getup. That's quite the swag. I have another Centerpoint Energy fan question, Steve, Okay. from Sean Hinnage, who says he's just leaving Plucker's Wing Bar and mm. listening on his way home. Plucker's, of course, where we do... Astroline presented by Carbock Brewing Company in the offseason. Oh, that place is legit. It is. 1-1. Hit off the hands. Grounded softly right side. Coming in Altuve. He fields. Throws the first in time to get the speedy Trout. Man, that was a jam sandwich with the slider. And Trout is the second out. So Sean says mm -hmm. he wants to know. Because we he heard the story we told about uh, Gunnar McGunigal. Yep the manager of the 1890 Brooklyn Dodgers and what a character he was and he wants to know where can he get some lavender pants <laughs> that and okay says he who is the most unusual manager or character or personality you've met in the big leagues <laughs> going for days about that oh gosh there's Albert Pujols who's 0 for 3 first pitch and Pujols did he hold up on the breaking ball no he did not says Trip Gibson at first strike one I'll share this quick story. There's two outs. I'm, I'm in jeopardy here, but making a long story short, and I won't name names, but Phil Garner, our manager <laughs> with Detroit, <laughs> went after one of our players one time, one day after having shoulder surgery. He was in a sling, and they got into a war of words, and Garner's trying to throw blows with his arm in a sling. Oh, one. Ground ball, third base side, backhanded by Gonzalez. Long throw across in time to get Pujols and Giles with a 1-2-3 eighth inning. Steve Sparks will tell more Phil Garner stories, not naming <laughs> names, when we continue. So we had the question from Sean Hennage that I read last half inning. Fan questions brought to you by Centerpoint Energy. 1-0. And that's hit foul and out of play left side. He wanted to know the most unusual manager or character or personality you've met in the big leagues. And you talked about Phil Garner wanting to fight one of his players <laughs> when you were playing for him in Detroit. And Garner had his arm in a sling. Two days after shoulder surgery. Yep. 1-1. One, one. That's dribbled softly. Third base side charged by Escobar. And he picks it up, throws to first, and it is just in time. Escobar almost took too much time on that. And just did get, get, get McCann. As Crone, he caught that and then went into a sitting position, falling down after stretching to his left for the throw. Well, that's the thing about Escobar. He's not very accurate. Always throws sidearm and the ball tails a lot. Now it's Evan Gaddis, who's one for three with an RBI single in the six. Would you say, Phil Garner, most the, the biggest character you've met in the game of baseball? If you did, I don't think too many would object, uh, those he, of us who know. He's up there. He's so funny. First pitch to Gaddis is hit foul back into the screen, strike one. He's pretty transparent, so I think the fans always got a pretty good idea, especially the Astros fans of how charismatic he is oh, and, yeah. and how genuine, but transparent too. But just kind of behind the scenes, just so funny. And he can motivate guys just by riding them, and you didn't really take it to heart. The 0-1, that is inside a ball and a strike. By the way, I think A.J. Hinch has... A lot of those characteristics. Certainly a fantastic communicator. Yep. Will Harris warming in the Astros bullpen. Harris was up earlier. So it looks like he'll get the ninth inning. In what is a non-save situation. 1-1. Gaddis pops it up behind home plate. And that'll reach the seats foul. One of the craziest 
situations I ever saw that happened with a manager I had in the minor leagues is one time when his son overheard a conversation he had in the hotel room that a couple of players on the team were going to get released later on. This is in the minor leagues in single A ball. And the son spilled the beans while everybody was stretching in front of the whole team. <laughs> he told him he was going to miss them. And uh, they asked why. He said that because they're getting released. Breaking ball in the dirt, two and two. How about that? Yeah. Get released by a kid. By a nine-year-old. That's that's how their professional baseball career ended. And that's, that's what they take with them. This has been a production of the Houston Astros Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.